Jordan and Jake. Powered by Ortho Carolina. The home stops, he throws it across field. Guess who? Jordan Gross. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Welcome to the Jordan and Jake podcast. I have to do a bit of a, like an introduction here, Jake, um, as the circumstances have changed. We're normally, as all of our listeners know, just a two-man show, Jordan and Jake of the Jordan and Jake podcast, talking about whatever. But today we've decided to add a third wheel, Jake. And we've got to get into, you know, a lot a lot of things about what's going on in our life and Panther World and all that. But the big news is we've brought in a third wheel. Luke Keekley is now a part of the radio broadcast team alternating randomly and people have to figure out the algorithm of who's on the air when. But so now I've got to say hello to Jake DeLome and Luke Keekley. So first of all, let's go, Jake. How are you doing? And then we'll bring in the star of the show, Luke Keekley. So, Jake, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing great, Jordan. And I think I, I, I'm doing great because I know you and I have won so many awards for our podcast. Yep. And there's only one place to go but down. And only one person can bring us down, and that's Luke Keekley. And we know he's been a slacker most of his life. Uh, he struggled <laughs> with expectations in Carolina and on and off the field. He had issues, but we're going to try to help him and bring him, you know, bring him forward um, and, and, and try to make him sound good. I, I don't know if we can, but we'll try our best. Well, most fans probably don't even know who he is, especially Panther fans. Not a big fan favorite, not popular, not good on the field. So we'll bring him along. But Luke, welcome to a part of our team. Um, I don't know that you'll be a fixture on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Jordan and Jake and Luke, who knows, but ultimately we got you on here today. Welcome. It's good to talk to you, buddy. Well, Jake, Jake kind of set the tone there. Only place we can go is down. So I don't know how often you guys are going <laughs> to want me on this podcast. So hopefully I can, uh, I can, I can provide a little bit of value this time, but you know, we'll see what happens. I'm sure how I get, how many times I get asked back is totally dictated off this first podcast. So the, there's a lot of weight there. This is like the combine of, of your new <laughs> career, right? It's like, all right, how quick can you read this lead in? How quick can you know, give me some stats now. Boom, boom. But so what I got to ask you this, Luke. So you're sitting around, you're going, you know what? I've been defensive player of the year. I'm like 25 time all pro, all time great, blah, blah. I really need a challenge in my life. You know what? I'm going to go start talking on the radio. So how did this, how did this come to be? And, and yeah, how did we get here? I've, all, I've always loved the organization, the team, the Panthers. I love the game of football, and I've tried different ways to stay involved. You know, the first year out, I did the scouting in 2020, and that was really cool. You got to see a different side of the game, which was great. Um, I was around the game. I was around the team on game day, so I helped out in the, in the booth with the offense, and then it just wasn't quite the right thing for me. So I took last year off and I missed being around the game. I went to, I went to two or three games last year. I saw Jake up in the booth um, before a game last year. And we were just kind of talking. He talked about how much he enjoyed what you guys do in the booth and you guys get to stay around the team and you get to be around each other. And I think that's what I missed the most is being around guys that I played with, being around the game of football and really being there on game day. So there's a different energy, especially at Bank of America that I that I miss being around. And I think this hopefully will give me a good opportunity to kind of still be around it, be around the guys in the team and really have a reason to prep and to prep and prepare and be ready to go on Sunday. So your first <clears throat> your first year out, like, okay, you stopped playing because you just felt 
you couldn't bring the Luke Keekley, I guess, week in and week out, the expectation or the level of play that you had that that you possessed on the field. Was there ever a point during that first year when you're scouting and doing things like that, that it's late one night? I know you're a grinder. You were there late and you were like, I can't believe I did this. I know I can still play. And there was thoughts to, to want to come back. Did that ever come come to your mind? Did you ever think about doing that? Like go and talk to Matt Rule or or, or whatnot and say, hey, I can help us. Did, did that did that ever come through? I, I still I always think about I wish I was still playing. I you know, I loved it. You watch the guys in the field and you just think about how much fun you had when you were playing with the guys. I miss practice and being in the locker room and training camp. But about halfway through the season, we would run these little, we called them metabolics on Wednesdays after practices. You'd run like, we'd run like 10 or 12, 30 yard sprints, not sprints, more striders. And there was a couple of times where I had to like really, really shut it down because I felt my hamstring starting to grab a little bit. I'm like, if I reach out too far anymore, I think it's going to pop. And I never had any soft tissue stuff while I was playing. So that was a uh, an awakening. I lost a bunch of weight. I was skinny. I wasn't as strong and I couldn't run fast anymore. So once about week six or eight hit, I was like, yeah, this is pretty much, this is pretty much done. You can't maintain uh, NFL linebacker level of athlete or athletic prowess. I mean, your, your athletic ability <laughs> didn't change, but you can't just like hang out, do some scouting and think that you're still ready to play linebacker. So don't undersell yourself, Luke, that your hamstrings were a little tight because oh. you've been not doing anything. We right. were just in there great. We were just in there grading players sitting in, in, in nice chairs, writing reports on guys. I don't think that's real conducive to hamstring, no. uh, hamstring exactly. flexibility. Taking on tackles that are trying to yeah. cut you off backside. So when well, you're scouting people, Luke, and no one's listening, so don't, you know, you can say anything you want here. <laughs> when you're scouting, doing advanced scouting or whatever, or college guys, let's say you got your eyes, because I know you did this, you got your eyes on some of your peers in the league. Uh, we won't name any names, but you're watching film and you're like, I can't believe this guy is a starting linebacker in the NFL. Like, is, is your threshold of uh, annoyance pretty low when you watch guys play your position? I think you get, I always get curious about why guys do certain things. Like, why did you line up there? Like, what, what made you do that? The thing that is, that was frustrating a little bit was seeing guys that were so gifted athletically that big, long, fast, athletic could line up in the wrong spot and do the completely wrong thing and get a terrible read and still go make a great play. And you're like, how do you like, how do you get away with that? If you could just, if you lined up in the right spot, if you did what you're supposed to do, you'd be the best guy in the world ever. And I think for me, that was the most frustrating part. It's like wrong spot, bad timing, bad read interception touchdown you're like oh my gosh some guys just got it figured out that was your scouting breakdown you would write down on your sheet yeah. there wrong spot wrong read wrong position stayed up late drinking interception for a touchdown great end zone dance and he's got great on-field swag wristbands he's got everything no wonder you didn't make it as a scout but that was your reviews <laughs> i was looking at the wrong stuff yeah jake give give luke now who's a rookie in the booth you and i obviously jake you and i obviously have different styles and you know when we call a game we see things differently different positions background all that stuff but give some advice to luke on getting in the booth and maybe i'll add on something if you miss anything about you know when you first get in there and, and what to do what not to do game day routine all that stuff okay so very simple and Jordan and I, we do have two different approaches. I, I like to think I look look at it from a quarterback's perspective, trying to see the whole field, the shell and things of that nature, and maybe <clears throat> what a defense might want to try to do to a quarterback and go through situations. 
But I'd like to listen when Jordan does it because he gives the offensive line view of it. And it's just so different because that is a truly different language, the offensive line. It is five guys working in unison. And really and truly, it could be up to seven if you have two tight ends. So Jordan get, can give that view. And, that, and I love hearing that. And I'm excited to see the defensive side uh, point of view, like from you. If, if an offense makes a check, then, then kind of question, what are you thinking defensively? But for me, I remember going into the first game that I did in 19. We were playing the Rams, and they were coming off of the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, Sean McVay. I watched every one of the games from the year prior. I watched every playoff game, Super Bowl game. I was so ready and so prepared. And I just, because I didn't know what to expect, to be quite honest. And I remember sitting in the booth, and, and in Panther Stadium, we have, a gorgeous view. We're on like the 35, 40-yard line. We're, we're mid-level. It's perfect. And I remember saying, I watched way too much film for this game because you just, <laughs> you, you don't want to try to, to me, you don't want to try to make your audience think, oh, hey, I'm so smart. I'm going to use this big word here. And we're that doesn't, it's, it's not football. Running, catching, throwing, blocking, tackling. That's what it is. And you give brief overviews. And that's the thing I know that worked for me. I overprepared, well, I'm glad, which I'm glad I did. But then I realized after that, hey, listen, just kind of talk about the game. And I had uh, David Langdon, who's our producer, he gave me a great pointer one time. He said, listen, if it's a one-yard run play, we don't have to dissect this run play. Go back to something uh, earlier in the game or, or what maybe forward thinking, what you could kind of talk about. Little things like that. You just kind of start to learn. Just don't overthink it and just, just let it go. Just, just let the game play out. And then always, I'm a big believer in the clock management type of the game and, and what you should be thinking here. And, hey, we've got to get a field goal here. And what about a possession before the half? Are we stealing points before the half? We get the ball to start the second half. Little things like that that I'm not sure the regular audience thinks about. But that's something that's so critical because NFL games, they come down to the end. It's not like college where you're going to have these guaranteed victories for the most part. I mean, they're coming down to the last drive. I would say to add on to that, Jake and Luke, you never asked for any of this advice, but you're captive for another 15 minutes or something. So we'll just keep <laughs> throwing it at you. But I, I listen to a lot of games on the radio, like when I'm driving and stuff, you know, trying to instead of listen to a podcast, I'll go archive you know, some of our old games or whatever. And I'll just see, like, pay attention to the kind of the, the beat of different broadcasts and which which broadcast teams, like I'll listen to a random game, Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh or whatever, and see what I like and what holds my attention. And that's really what I'm thinking about mostly when I'm on the call, as, as David Langton or Matt could tell you, you know, Jacob actually never even called a game together, but I'm kind of trying to make it fun, funny, interesting. Yeah, you talk about the game, but that's all, like the play-by-play -play guy. That's his job to tell the fans what's happening and keep them up to speed on the score and on the down and distance and all that stuff. I love throwing out the stuff that, yeah, it, it maybe doesn't provide color to the play that actually happened, but it sets the scene a little bit for just the tone of the game or the, you know, whether it's somebody in the stands, I, my, my goal was always to try to get Mick to laugh because he's uh, like, Mick's an amazing dude. And we are sure going to miss him excited for the next chapter in the booth with us. But it, I try, if I can get Mick to kind of get 
out of character, then I knew we were having fun. And then I knew that whoever's listening is enjoying the game. And then you know, it provides just a different feel for when Jake gets in there. So Luke, you did, you did the, the practice game and that was covered on panthers.com and, and everything very well. And they announced that you were coming on. What's your, what's your anticipation and you know, what do you, what do you feel like you're excited about to get out there and get this going? I just I'm I'm excited to be at the stadium on game days and just talk about football because that's what I've always loved doing. I think you guys kind of nailed it though. You know, you can prep as much as you want. I I was looking at different things a couple years ago and, and did a mock game, um, like a like a TV mock TV broadcast game. And like you, Jake, I I prepped and prepped and prepped and prepped. And then by the end of the little mock broadcast all the notes that I had, I had them pushed to the side of the table and I wasn't even using them because you just stick and you talk about the game and, and how it unfolds. But I think you guys are right. It's more about just the context that you can provide in the game. And like you said, Jake, the time and situation, I think situational football, especially now in the NFL is huge. When you use timeouts, how you handle end of the half, when you use timeouts specifically at the end of the game around the two minute warning, you know, the new, the new thing now is when to go for two, when not to go for two. I think all that stuff is super important because at the end of the day, you're providing a picture for the audience because they're not watching the game. They're more listening to it. And I think that's something cool that we're able to do. But I actually have two broadcasts, one from you, Jake, and one from you, Jordan. And I've been kind of listening to them back and forth. And Jordan, your personality comes out and just you find, I find myself sitting in my office working on stuff and just snickering a little bit on some of the <laughs> some of that's the, my some goal the, yeah it's perfect Mission it accomplished me, it, yeah it was great and then um I'm, I'm excited I think the biggest thing is just you know the the cadence and and making sure that you know we're all on the same page so I think week one I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep my mouth shut so I don't get yelled at by I don't get yelled at by Jake you know it's, this is one of his old teams the Cleveland Browns I want to stay out of the way and let him do his thing well, I think we can transition because I don't think I'll be doing a whole lot of yelling. Um, yeah, right. I think, yeah, right. uh, and we, and I'm going to get some, I'm going to get hit by you probably. Well, that's one thing I do do in the, in the booth because I was so lucky. I got put right in the middle in the seat. Mick Mixon had one side, Zoki had the, had the other. So I was directly in the middle and there's a bar that runs directly in the middle of my, my viewing, uh, my viewing pattern. So I have to constantly move right or left. Um, and I have my binoculars because I want to see, you know, some things up and up close. But I would catch myself hitting McMixon. I would like hit him whenever we'd have a good play or something because there is a fandom inside of me. I want us to win. I want us to play well. That's easier to call a game when we're winning, we're playing well, and we can get excited. And I would catch myself kind of hitting Mick. And we all know how you know, Mick is, he's a muscle bound guy. He's not some skinny guy. He was full of muscle <laughs> and the protein shakes that he would drink, they would get in the way of all my, my preparation, but I would, I would hit him and I'd get fired up and he would, he would kind of glance and wince sometimes. And I, I didn't mean to hit him that hard, but I would get so excited. That's what I, I find fun because I think we all, we have that deep connection to the Panthers. And I think it's one thing to have a job. It's great, but this is a job that, we don't like, we love because what it is, it is the Panthers. It is what we truly were on the field. And we want to try to relay that in the broadcast to our fans, because if they're listening to us, they're the Panther fans. And, and we want them to, we want to give them that excitement, that feel, that hurt, everything that comes involved with the NFL football game. One of the challenges, the last thing I'm going to say, then we better move on and talk about something 
new in the Panthers. I think we signed somebody uh, in the last <laughs> week or so. But here's your challenge. There's free coffee up in the press box, okay, Luke? Oh. And there's so you, I get there early and I start drinking coffee because I'm so excited and it's just like fun that you get by usually by kickoff. I've got that like kind of sick flavored in your mouth where you drank too much coffee and you're kind of jittery. But then managing the bathroom breaks that come from drinking way too many fluids during the flow of the game, that's the real skill set. Because commercial that's breaks that are we not very long. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you got, that's going to be a, an unknown part of the game that you're going to have to dial in quickly. Okay, if you want to do this. All right, uh, moving on. Baker Mayfield. So, Jake, you were in Cleveland. You know what that seems like. You were a quarterback, obviously. You, you'd been, you've been on different teams. You've come in never right before training. Well, I guess with the Texans, you came in during the middle of the year. Luke, you played against Baker on the field. He's more in your generation, obviously, than me or Jake. Start with Jake, go to Luke. Let's talk this thing through. Well, I, listen, I think there was speculation all along. You heard draft uh, night. There was some chatter about possible Baker situation. And I think, honestly, the draft board played to our favor and how the draft fell with us getting Corral where we did get him. And so that actually probably enabled us to get Baker for uh, how cheap as, in essence, we, we've gotten him for. So Baker's coming in, and there's going to be an open competition. And everybody's probably going to say, well, yeah, okay, open competition, whatever. But it's going to be difficult because it is July the 13th. He has not taken a rep. He doesn't know this language. It is very different. He doesn't know the guys yet. It's so that's going to be an uphill battle for him. And I'm not saying he can't do it because he's, he's had no continuity in the NFL. Four different head coaches, three different coordinators. All the systems were different. So he's been used to this. I think the one maybe positive is uh, Coach Campen, the offensive line coach. They were together in Cleveland. So some of that language that I'm sure Coach Campen has brought over, Baker will understand some of the calls that the line can make, be it protection-wise or run game-wise. So that's going to be a positive. But listen, guys, this is very difficult to come in late like this, uh, quarterback, because one, you don't know the plays. We know that. You don't know the players. That's, to me, that was always something. I want to know the guy. Not only the football player, but the guy as a person, what makes him tick? When I need him in a big part in a game, is he going to be the one that I'm going to see a lot of the whites in his eyes, that he's a little nervous? Or is he going to be the one that is going to be laser focused and, hey, it's time to go. You know, now it's time for us to make a play. So that's where it's going to be very difficult for Baker in that, in that aspect. I'm excited for him to get a new, um, maybe fresh scenery. Um, get out of Cleveland, that situation, it, was, it wasn't good. You know, played hurt last year, credit to him. Watched him play last year. He was struggling because he was hurt. He gets a fresh start. I think we're a much, much, much improved football team, in my opinion. I'm bullish on that fact. I believe we're much better up front. I love our skill guys. I love McAdoo, what he's going to bring and that this offense. So I'm bullish on our, our prospects for this season, to be quite honest. And the big thing for Baker is just, getting in that playbook and trying to master everything. Luke, what do you, what do you, what do you think about this so far? I think you bring, bring a guy in that loves to compete. I think that's only going to help everybody. I think it's, I think him and Sam are going to have a really, a really good competition, but I think when those guys compete, I think everybody else around them, I think their game rises because, you know, the guys in the team, we struggled last year. I think everybody really likes Sam. Everybody wants Sam to succeed. And I think when Baker comes in, I think it gives these guys a renewed sense of urgency, understanding that, all right, well, we got to figure out who the guy is. Because usually when you go in the training camp, 
everybody's like, you know what? We know who our guy is. Everybody can kind of relax a little bit. Usually you're in the same system that you've been in previously. And it's like, all right, well, we know what we're doing. When we got to speed it up, we can speed it up. Now this year, it's completely new. New offensive coordinator. You literally, you have two new quarterbacks. The competition, I think, is going to raise everybody's standard, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball. Because I think if Sam goes in as the only quarterback with, with a rookie, I think it's like, all right, Sam, this is your job. But I think when you bring Baker in, the competition for those guys to get the number one job raises. And then I think everybody around it feels it as well. And I think, Jake, you're exactly right. I think, you know, I'm sure a lot of the concepts that we have on the offensive side of the ball are things that Baker knows extremely well. But the verbiage is the biggest part for me that I think is difficult because he might have called something one thing for three or four years in his career, but now he switches it to something completely different. And maybe a word that he uses now meant something different in his system. So he's got to be able to disassociate those words. And we had one time my last year in Carolina, we switched some verbiage up and I had a little bit of an issue initially during OTAs of trying to figure out, all right, this means this, it used to be that, now it doesn't mean it anymore. And I think that's what, that's where guys have to kind of, especially a guy like Baker, he's got to be able to, okay, this is what it means now. And then, like you said, he's got to be able to understand the guys. And I think during the OTA portion of the off season, things are a little bit more relaxed. You've got more time after practice to really hang out. But once training camp rolls around, it's football all, all the time. And that more casual atmosphere isn't there as much. So I think Jake, you nailed it. I think that's the biggest thing that he's got to understand and get used to are just the personalities and the guys and how guys run routes and what they like and what they don't like. But I mean, he's he's ultra competitive and he wants to win. And um, I'm excited about it. I know I know Sam will compete. I know um, Baker's going to compete. And, you know, obviously we'll see what uh, we'll see what Corral's got, too. So. I'm telling you, the more I think about this, I think it's such a blessing that this team has to go to Wofford College for camp instead of being at home where guys could go home at night or you're in a hotel. I just think it's it's good to be away because he's going to have to be with his teammates. You're going to be there. It is the camp setting. I just, I truly believe that being in that setting, you get to know guys on a different level and it goes a long way. I just, I think that's a positive for us. I know guys don't like to look at camp as a positive, um, but to me, that's a, that's a feather in our cap that we get to be in Wofford. Uh, the Panthers do, and he gets to kind of be around the guys at night. And then when they have rookie skit shows and things like that, I think it goes beyond football if you're a quarterback. I think it's all encompassing. Well, the Panthers have proven, Jake, long ago, that a quarterback that does not go into training camp as the starter can still salvage a season and make something out of it. If you remember, there was a guy named Jake DeLome who started, uh, didn't even start the first game of the year, ended up taking the team to the Super Bowl with a rookie tackle, nonetheless. So maybe <laughs> history's repeating itself and the Panthers you know, are going to shock some people this year. Either way, Luke, awesome to have you on board, man. You're a, you're a giant boost to what will be an awesome year in the radio broadcast booth. Excited for you and excited, Jake. It's, it's, it's starting to feel like football. We got a few more weeks, so you know, don't get too ahead of ourselves. But we're looking forward to working with both of you as this year continues on. Awesome. Thanks for coming on today, Luke. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for leading, Jordan. It's uh, your your guidance is uh, is second to none. So really appreciate that. <laughs> you know what? Anything I could do for you guys. All right, I'll talk to you soon. I don't know if Luke will be on again. Stay tuned. It's a teaser. That's what this is—a cliffhanger and a teaser. Stay tuned. Jordan and Jake, powered by Ortho Carolina.
Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. OrthoCarolina, your care, your way. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. 